Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> And welcome to the Tennis Podcast on day five of the US Open. We are brought to you in association with The Telegraph, as always. And we are brought to you on an evening when David Law, we have just seen Kyle Edmund fulfill all the potential that we've seen in him for the past, well, particularly the past year, but obviously more than that. He's beaten John Isner. He's done it in four sets. My, oh, my, it was something, wasn't it? And it's come, I would say, quite a bit earlier in his development than I would have expected. I mean, I, I, you know, second week of a Grand Slam, last 16, to beat a guy like Isner, who, let's, let's be honest, he was well short physically of his top level uh, he said he afterwards that he came in with uh, some health concerns and and that that's what it felt like but at the same time Edmund did his job he did everything that was required of him I mean it was a it was a fantastically mature performance I was commentating um, on it and, and my co-commentator said it, it was like watching a veteran in many ways he especially getting into a fourth set tie break with John Isner who's played 53 tie breaks this year in 40 something matches admittedly not not all of them that successfully but Edmund just handled the situation on the Louis Armstrong court and now he's going to play Novak Djokovic I mean, is this is this happening? <laughs> I know. Well, I, for once, we can. I mean, it's legitimate to be so Brit-centric, even from an international perspective, isn't it? Usually, we're Brit-centric when you know they're just winning for a couple of rounds or something. But now, you know, everyone's a bit Brit-centric, aren't they? Because we're doing so bloody well. Well, I would say that the, the other thing that we must point out immediately is, as far as I'm aware, this is the first time a British guy. Other, as Rafael Nadal has just walked past with a phalanx of TV cameras following Phalanx? Yeah, it's a good word, isn't it? He's just walked straight past and he's going straight into the interview room, hence why Kyle Edmund has just been put back in the rotor a little bit, because I, I should just tell you this before I finish my Kyle Edmund story. We've just seen Rafael Nadal hit a through-the-legs lob on the point to set up match point. He, he raced back, he hit a through-the-legs lob, it went over the head of his opponent. Rafael Nadal had to point out in his post-match press conference or post-match interview on court to us all that he actually then dropped his racket on the floor, picked it up off the cement, 
still had enough time then to race back and hit a smash winner to set at match point. The place fell to pieces uh, at the Arthur Ashe Stadium at that point. I, I had no idea that he dropped his racket until he pointed it out in his on-court interview. Anyway, he's just only 10 minutes ago come off court, straight into his press conference. Great win for Nadal, straight sets. But Kyle Edmund is, has ensured that Andy Murray, if he gets through, will have a male singles British player for company in the last 16 for the first time in his career. Well, that's just amazing. And, and just, just to pick up on the point of uh, John Esner being a bit below par, he was a bit below par because he managed to get taken to five sets and four sets in his previous two matches. And that is where Kyle's excellent performances in his first two matches paid off for him. Not getting, you know, he, I spoke to him after both those matches and, and he, what he seemed most pleased with, other than just winning, was that he got the job done in three each time and uh, he I, I guess he knew I guess you know he he saw this potentially in his future or something along these lines and yeah he's really earned that physical advantage I do feel that at every turn in his career you can see the importance and the influence of Andy Murray Murray hasn't always been that good at that you know putting people away when he's needed to but I think Kyle has, has looked on and realised, and he's a learner. He learns from his own experiences. He, he explained to me the other day on Five Live when Yana Conta was struggling with the cramp, he was the one who said, you know, when I cramp, it's, it's more nerves-related, it's more emotion, and the body tensing up out of the stress of the situation, and I've learnt to be more even, level in my emotions and not get too excited when things are going well. And I think that this is another example of that. He's learnt that, you know, you can't afford to have these big peaks and troughs. You've got to try to get these matches done efficiently. And, well, he, he's on and off the court, and he's into the last 16. Last 16, he'll play Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, incidentally, had another easy ride, an easier ride than he would have wanted, I'm sure, today. Uh, Eugenie, Mikhail Eugenie retiring uh, to everyone's surprise, including Mikhail Eugenie's coach. Everybody looked completely shocked. There was no indication that that might happen before the match. I suppose he is 34 years of age now, Eugenie, but even so. Uh, so that happened midway through the first set at 4-2, I think. So Djokovic has now essentially just played one match. He hit immediately on the Arthur Ashe Stadium. He needed the match practice. This is now, if if the previous walkover, Vesely pulling out, was debatable as to whether it's a positive or a negative, this surely now is without question a negative. Yeah, but that's a, that's a question mark for me because it gives him more chance to re- cover he said in his post-match press conference that he feels fresher now he feels better now at the at the stage of the tournament that we're in now than he did at the start of it and i actually did you'll be very pleased to know catherine a pole vault i did a pole vault at tennis podcast my question was will these walkovers help or hinder the chances of novak Djokovic at the u.s open 38 percent said it would help 34 percent said it would hinder 28 percent said it would make no difference uh, which is a very even split between the two, and I can't I lo- see how it would make no difference. I well, can't. Well, I mean, it—it's a significant thing either way. How how can it possibly make no difference? I guess because I mean, look, it's something we we can't actually test. Of course, we can't. It's it's an opinion. It's a feeling as to whether the the great Novak Djokovic has won all these slams, who's the defending champion, world number one, whether he can just cope without that match practice or not, whether the body having the time to recover that little bit more and not be put through the stress. We've just been talking about Kyle Edmund, haven't we? Not expending all this energy. Suddenly you've got a fresh 
this is another way to look at it. You've got a fresh Novak Djokovic coming in right now. Andy Murray's talked about it before, you know. He, he's actually weighed it up. He said sometimes, on one hand, you can go in more match tight, and you've had lots of matches. On the other hand, if you, if you don't play lots of matches, you go in fresh. And the, there's, there are pros and cons to it. It depends how it comes out in the wash. A lot of it is about your mental approach and how you feel. Djokovic looked a lot happier today. That's what I do know in the first six, six games today that he did play. Um, part of that is because he was playing an unthreatening player in Mikhail Yuzhny, a very good player, but not somebody who can knock him out of his comfort zone. Yeah, I, well, I found that argument quite persuasive, actually, David. So we'll move on very quickly. What he else has happened bit, today? Looked... Joe Conter has won today. Hang on, David wants to say something. He, he looked like, a, I described uh, Nick Kyrgios at Wimbledon like a freshly hatched chick. Well, Djokovic wasn't quite that fresh, but he wasn't far off. Just recycling that Wimbledon line there. I David just enjoyed Law. it. That's fine. <laughs> uh, what else has happened today? Joe Conter, blinking you miss her. <laughs> she, I mean... Crikey, two and one against Belinda Bencic, the number twenty-four seed. She was ruthless today. Yeah. Ruthless. A, a quite wonderful performance. Again, I think we have to acknowledge, like John Isner, that Belinda Bencic was well short of her physical peak, her form, and this wasn't the real Belinda Bencic out there today. But take nothing away from Johanna Conta. Even if Belinda Bencic had been on this time last year's form. I'm not sure she would have handled Conta today. Conta was hitting corner after corner, hard, fast ground strokes, big serves. It was all there, absolutely no signs of any physical fragility that we obviously saw a couple of days ago from whatever caused that. She is dangerous. She's got Anastasia Sevastova next, uh, a player who's a wonderful story. She took a year and a half out of the game um, because she'd had physical problems and and went and did, a, a, I think, a leisure course. A bit like Tamer Bishinsky, yeah. not uh, not dissimilar. Yeah, quite a similar story. And I, I haven't had a chance to really watch her play yet. But what I do know is on paper, Conta goes into that as the favourite to reach the quarterfinals. And who knows where she may end. I mean, Madison Keys, incidentally, would be the quarterfinal opponent if she got there. Uh, most likely, Keys, I can't remember. She's playing Wozniacki, that's it. So that, that one's open because Wozniacki's playing well now. But again, you look at content and you think, actually... She has a chance, a decent chance, against anybody in the world, probably not named Serena Williams. I, I mean, I completely agree, and it was really notable for me how she seemed to go into complete business-like mode after the match. Suddenly it was, you know, for the first time... I mean, a standard post-match interview on the court is three questions, but for the first time she specifically said no more than three questions, which is completely reasonable. And after the match it was all the TV interviews in the room, it was game face now it was I got to the fourth round last year I'm not happy with that this year I want more she didn't say that she doesn't give much away that is what works for her but I definitely saw um a, a, a very business like Joe Conter after the match she is not done here incidentally you've mentioned Madison Keys. her match deserves a mention because she came back from 5-1 down in the deciding set against Naomi Osaka who is probably the player that I'm most excited about in terms of the young women's players she's fantastic a little bit like um, we saw with who was it that I said it's almost the right TFO against uh, Isner I said it's almost a rite of passage for a young player to experience that sort of heartbreak from a winning position I feel like that about Naomi Osaka yeah I agree and she was tearful during the match which was a hard watch in a way but she's 18 she'll come again and the crowd loved her they gave her a great ovation as she was going off the court putting her heart on her sleeve like that but Keys another great mature win in the end because 1-5 down to win that is something else um, 
I'm going to have to go and talk on the radio in a minute. Should we just have a quick word about tomorrow? Quick word about or a quick word about the fact that Chilich has gone out to Jack Sock. Oh, that yeah. happened. Sibulkova's yeah, yeah. gone out. I mean, yeah, yeah. Chilich out. I have to say, Chilich, uh, hold my hands up. You know, I thought he was going to the semi-finals. His body broke down today. He had cramp. I'm not 100% sure what happened. Haven't seen his transcript yet. Big surprise. Straight sets defeat to Jack Sock. Big disappointment. Decent news for Djokovic, maybe, even though he has a 14-0 record against him. Chilich in that form, I thought, was going far. Yeah, that's a massive disappointment. David is literally backing away from me as I say this. Yeah, Sibulkova out. Anything else, David? Anything else? Well, let's just look at tomorrow very quickly. We've got Stan Wawrinka against Dan Evans on the Louis Armstrong court. That's so, going to be interesting. So Birmingham-centric, well, yeah, this man. That's not where we mean to go on, I say. Uh, Andy Murray's going to be in action against Paolo Lorenzi on the, on the Arthrash Stadium. Nick Kyrgios has been given the night session match. Let's I- be honest. They're going to love him, aren't they? They're going to love him. Love him. I feel him. a bit for Dan Evans. I feel like that. No, no, no. I actually think that improves his chances. Playing on the on the, on the the Louis Armstrong court, uh, you never know what sort of performance Stan Wawrinka will put in. If, as, as Dan said to me in the interview I did with him on Five Live yesterday, if Stan plays French Open final form, we might as well not play the match. If he doesn't, Evans has got a chance. I completely agree. Andrew Castle, by the way, has predicted Dan Evans to win that match. I mean, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people that have said he's got a good chance, or yeah, at least a chance. Final. Castle is the only person I've spoken to who's gone, Dan Evans is going to win that. As I speak, David Law is backing away from me. So I'm going to wrap this up. We're the Tennis Podcast. We're brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We're trying to do this every night of the US Open. We will do our very best. We hope you're enjoying it. Thanks for listening. 